0: Hello, I'm Matthew Bay, a senior analyst at Stratfor, a RAIN company. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, RAIN's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence analysis. Sign up for the free Stratfor newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com.
1: You're listening to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, powered by Stratfor. I'm Emily Donahue. Over one June weekend in 2021, six mass shootings in the United States left six people dead and nearly 40 others injured. That's the kind of statistic that would have stopped Americans cold just two decades ago. These days, a headline like that barely makes a ripple. Here's another statistic. Since the pandemic, nearly half of all workplace violence incidents reported were against frontline healthcare workers. And security professionals, including Rain, are encouraging businesses to be prepared to avert workplace violence as they reopen. So how do we decipher trends and statistics like these? Here with guidance is Garrick Bell, Stratfor security analyst at Rain. Welcome to the podcast, Garrick.
0: Uh, thank you, Emily. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So what are the trends we're seeing in regards to the risk of workplace violence?
0: To begin with... Um... To talk about workplace violence, we have to look at the current trend of gun violence in the United States. Um, By any metric, gun violence has been trending upwards for over a year. Um, Where we have a full year of data to compare, uh, 2020 was the deadliest year for gun violence in two decades. Gun incidents increased by 25% compared just to the previous year of 2019. Currently, uh, people killed by gun violence in 2021 is on pace to equal or surpass 2020, with over 19,000 people having been killed so far this year alone. Now, during that same period, uh, mass shooting events, which we define as four more people shot or killed in a single incident, uh, not including the shooter, uh, have increased as well. There were uh, 611 mass shootings in 2020, which you compare to 417 in 2019 and 337 in 2018. Now, in 2021, there have been 272 mass shootings in the U.S. as of June the 14th. And now I have to kind of caveat all this information. Although mass shootings are highly publicized, that less than 2% of incidents of gun violence are mass shootings with the defined four or more victims. Uh, But when they occur in a workplace setting, uh, they tend to garner the lion's share of public attention, uh, such as the recent shootings at a uh, FedEx facility in Indianapolis this past April, and the May incident at the VTA light rail yard in San Jose, California. Both of these were determined uh, revenge-based killings by either a current or former employee, and both had very quick episodes of violence, uh, which resulted in significant losses of life. So, who is predominantly committing workplace violence? Um, as with the two examples I cited, uh, the simple answer is lone males. Uh, both the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security have recently named domestic lone actors with easily accessible weapons as the greatest uh, current terrorism threat to the United States. Uh, males represent more than 90% of perpetrators of homicide, and 98% of all mass shootings are committed by males. Um, Statistics also show that males are 78% of the victims of homicide as well. Now, of course, I'm not saying that all alone males are potential threats, because along with that general physical descriptor, uh, there is a behavioral component as well. The most consistent predictor of future violent potential is a history of violent behavior. And pandemic concerns and a variety of other sociological stresses are currently driving violent reactions that are playing out in increased gun-related assaults. So how do we translate this data to the risk of workplace violence specifically? Well, as pandemic restrictions have lifted and people return to physical work locations in greater numbers, uh, the risk of violent reactions happening at work increases. Um, To add to that, facilities that have operated at full physical capacity during the pandemic, such as that Indianapolis uh, FedEx facility and the San Jose Rail Yard, face an even greater risk of being a focus of hostility for a potential aggrieved violent actor, on the basis of that constant day in, day out interaction during this uh, very stressful period of time,
1: mm, those are those are a lot of statistics. Can you share how they would be applied at the workplace?
0: When you're trying to establish risk, you have to add on to the factor that any you know aggrieved actor that has been in a place of stress has that point of focus to act upon, but that doesn't negate the risk of just workers being back and in crowds and other stressful sociological factors coming in from the outside and coming into the workplace.
1: Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Garrick, how can you identify potential workplace violence?
0: Well, to identify workplace violence, you need to understand the types of workplace violence. And the first type is from just general criminal intent. The perpetrator has no direct relationship with the business, um, and that could be in the form of a, a robbery or a, uh, like a customer-on-customer violence or even terrorism, um, just general terrorism that comes in and, and you know, acts violence upon a crowd. The second type would involve a customer or a client with a direct relationship to the business, which uh, the violence comes from a problem with the service. Uh, So the third type and the one that probably gets the most attention is uh, the worker on worker uh, violence, which where an employee or former employee uh, commits violence against another employee or management. And there is a fourth type and it's probably the least thought about, which is violence generated from a personal relationship outside of work, which means the perpetrator has no direct relationship with the business, uh, but a relationship with the intended victim. And most often that comes up in uh, domestic violence happening at a workplace.
1: Once you've identified, what are some of the ways to respond to workplace violence?
0: Well, in this format, probably need to simplify. And we'll just break them down into three levels, which can be generally applied to either employees or non-employees. And these are general warning signs and responses just to generate further thought and discussion um, You know, at, at your workplace setting. So you have your level one early warning signs, um, which are uh, intimidating and bullying, uh, continual discourteous or disrespectful behavior, uh, somebody being generally uncooperative, or somebody that uh, verbally abuses his coworkers. And there can the responses to that would be to just observe the behavior um, obviously, and then document the behavior in question as detailed as you can. Um, if you're a colleague, report your concerns to a supervisor. And if you are a supervisor and this is an employee, you should meet with the offending worker to discuss the concerns about their behavior, because they actually might not know that their behavior is offending other people. Well, then that leads us to our level two, which was, is an escalation that behavior. And that's somebody who. Um, uh, argues with customers, vendors, co-workers, or management uh, who continually refuses to obey policies and procedures, uh, somebody who sabotages equipment or steals property for revenge, uh, or somebody who verbalizes wishes to hurt co-workers or management, uh, and that includes uh, sending threatening notes, um, and also somebody that sees himself as as victimized by management, and that's where you kind of get into that that aggrieved nature, and that, that me against them type of of mentality. Um, the response to that is, I mean, it, and this is it kind of goes into a judgment call. And then if it's warranted, you should call nine one one and and bring in authorities. But if you do not do that, you should definitely contact your supervisor uh, as soon as possible. If necessary, secure your own safety and the safety of others. Again, it goes back to that, that level one type of you need to document uh, the observed behavior in question, again, as detailed as you possibly can. And if you are a supervisor, you should absolutely meet with this employee and, if appropriate, uh, begin or continue disciplinary measures. So that gets us to level three, uh, which you get into a, a dangerous escalation. This almost always would require the intervention of police and maybe even other first responders. And this is a person who is displaying intense anger resulting in suicidal threats, physical fights, uh, destruction of property out of anger, displays of extreme rage, and that's kind of a a judgment call as well, or the utilization of weapons to harm others. And I'm not talking about just a firearm. If somebody picks up a stapler and hits somebody with it, that definitely would count. And going back to what we talked about before was that the probably least thought of is the potential of domestic violence on property. That is always a, a level three escalational behavior. If a spouse shows up at their significant other's place of work to confront them on a personal matter, that's a highly indicative behavior of potential violence. And then with your response to that, you should just you try to remain calm because this is absolutely an emergency situation. You should secure your personal safety first, then call 911, uh, leave the area if your safety remains at risk immediately contact supervisor and lastly you should cooperate with law enforcement personnel when they have responded to the situation
1: thank you for the guidance garrick
0: again thank you for having me
1: garrick bell is strat security analyst at rain workplace security is one of rain and strat core areas of expertise if you like what you heard today sign up for the free strat 4 worldview newsletter from rain sign up at worldview.stratfor.com that's worldview.stratfor.com I'm Emily Donahue, thanks for listening.